Hey, this is Kevin of the Dad Bod Wad Podcast. Thanks for being here today. If you're already a subscriber to the show, thanks so much for already being part of an amazing community of dads fighting the dad bod. And if you're here for the first time, make sure you hit that subscribe button because, like always, today we have a great show for you. We're going to be discussing how to keep your and your family's sanity during the COVID-19 pandemic. Welcome to the Dad Bod Wad Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Torres, and I'm all about teaching new or soon-to-be dads how to get into great shape in as little as 15 minutes a day. I know too well what it's like to be in the throes of early fatherhood and the feeling of being overwhelmed with all the demands for your time, and the things that you love to do tend to fall by the wayside. But your fitness should not be put on the back burner. You shouldn't be put on the back burner. That's why I've made it my mission to teach new or soon-to-be dads that you can still consistently work out see results, and not feel stress for time, so you can be the best version of yourself when it matters the most throughout your years of fatherhood. My goal is to help you be the father your family needs and achieve the fitness that you want. And on today's episode, we're going to be discussing how to keep your and your family's sanity during the COVID-19. Right now in the United States, there are millions of people living in cities and states throughout the country that are being ordered to shelter in or to practice social distancing. And so if you're experiencing that right now, you might be, quote unquote, working from home. Your kids' schools might be closed right now. Um, Your wife also might be, quote unquote, working from home. And so we're kind of all just indoors right now, um, avoiding, you know, public avoiding public spaces, um, avoiding interacting with one another. Gyms are closed across the country. Uh, Schools are closed. Gyms are closed. Restaurants and bars are closed. If you're in the tri-state area like New York City, um, New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, all of those bars are closed. All of those uh, restaurants are closed. As of the date of record, as of right now, while we're recording this episode, um, you can still order takeout. Um, although I'm not quite sure who is still ordering takeout if we're worried about the spread of uh, a virus. But again, a lot of these small businesses are going to be suffering, um, no doubt. And right now in the news, the projection is roughly that there's going to be anywhere like around 20% unemployment, um, which is absolutely insane, um, but totally uh, you know, obvious or understandable because all these businesses are closing their doors. All of these restaurants and, uh, you know, retailers and everything are just shutting their doors and there are going to be some mom and pop places that just can't sustain that. Right. So people are sent home without pay in most cases, which is terrible, terrible crisis. And I can't underscore that enough. And I don't want to like downplay any of that and make this all about, um, you know, you, you know, your individual suffering, uh, or my suffering because we have to stay at home, but that is also a reality, right? So like, yes, while there are huge things happening in the country, there are huge crises being experienced by the multitudes. Um, there's also your unique experience, right? Like your individual experience, your lived experience, which is perfectly valid, just the same, right? So you might be fortunate enough to have a salary job and you get to work from home also and you're not being laid off. Um, And you're also probably healthy enough that even if you did contract the virus, it wouldn't be that big of a deal to you personally, right? Um, But 
still your experience is, is important. The fact that you're home right now and that's the sacrifice that you have to make so that other vulnerable populations don't contract the virus so that we're not overwhelming the hospitals so that we're not overwhelming the you know the the emergency systems the police and and medical systems um we are have to do our part too and so we're staying home and if you have a toddler or a a, chi- a young child who's home from school or preschool or daycare and you're also supposed to be working from home you know how difficult to virtually impossible that actually is. And right now everybody else who has who who doesn't have children who's also working from home where we have like some wildly different experiences, right? They get to Netflix and chill um from, you know, from sunrise to sunset and I get to hear Peppa Pig or Daniel Tiger in the background all day long when I'm not trying to entertain my kids to the max, right? So I have a three and a half year old and an almost two year old. And right now it's literally like coming up with activities, keeping them entertained. Um, and also trying to work from home at the same time, take a call here, take a meeting there. Um, which is crazy. So I have some quick tips, um, that I wanted to share with you all that I think can help keep your sanity and your family sanity during this COVID-19 pandemic. Um, if you're fortunate enough to not be experiencing some of the more harsher uh, impacts of the COVID-19. So if you're working from home, if you have a salary job, if your um, biggest worry is that you have to stay indoors, right, for most of the day. Um, and we're not talking about, the, you know, being unemployed, um, you know, or being at, uh, at a, a population that's at risk. Like there are, that is a reality too. And there are tons of resources for, for, for those people. This, however, isn't that. This is for, for those of us who are healthy, who are fortunate enough to be, have a salary job, who are working from home with small children. Um, you know, we're just so incredibly fortunate and still it's driving us insane. So I want to jump right in with, uh, tip number one and this is about keeping your routines. So we know that children thrive on routines and predictability, right? Um, one, they have their own circadian rhythm, so they go to sleep at the same time generally and wake up at the same time generally. And they routines for children, similar to adults, routines provide comfort, security, um, stability, right? Like you, when you wake up, you know, like you're going to go grab your cup of coffee or you have your morning routine before you go to work. Like you take your shower and you, you do your thing or whatever it is that you do. And then you get in your car and then you stop at this gas station or whatever, right? Like those are comforting. Um, and then you do that with like little effort and you just sort of go about your day. Um, and anything that throws you off of your routines in the morning, say you're running late for work and you can't stop for your coffee that you normally stop for, there's sort of like a trickle down effect, right? Now you're a little stressed, you're a little flustered. Um, you don't have your coffee for that morning meeting and now you're going to drink the office coffee, which isn't as good and they don't have the, the creamer that you like, et cetera, right? And so, but you're an adult who's capable of handling like so much more, um, you know, when like you can't have your cup of coffee, you're probably going to survive. 
However, children, on the other hand, their space and their world is so much smaller so that every single thing is sort of like a much bigger deal to them, right? For example, if they if you were to if you were enjoying a lollipop and it fell on the floor and it broke, you'd be like, that's annoying and then you throw it out and maybe get another one or you wouldn't get it at all, right? Get another one at all. However, when a kid drops their lollipop, it's like their whole world comes crashing down and they're they're devastated, they're on the floor crying, etc., right? You've experienced that, we've all experienced that. It's because their capacity to handle big deals is so much more limited because everything is a big deal to them, right? Like their little space is like this tiny little circle and the lollipop or whatever it is, is taking up that entire space, right? Whereas like your space is like this humongous circle and the lollipop is like not even like a one sixteenth of that space. So when something is throwing off your child's routine, it could be stressful and overwhelming to them too. So think about the routines in your kid's life um, that were happening pre-corona pandemic, right? Whether it's waking up at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. and it was mom always got them from the crib or mom was the one who always greeted them good morning Um, and mom is the one who made them breakfast or in my case it's me like I get the kids in the morning and I also make them the breakfast and every now and then if I had to leave for work early and um, my wife went to go get them I could hear the baby while I'm in the shower screaming like I want daddy I want daddy um and it's not because she doesn't, you know, like like her mother. Um, it's just because her routine is thrown off. Like she expected me to walk into the room. She expected her father to walk into the room. And when her mother walks into the room, it's like, whoa, this is not the routine. This is a little crazy. What else in my day is now going to be crazy as a result of this? Is there going to be breakfast on the table waiting for me? Does she know how I like my breakfast? Does she know that I like, you know, this kind of oatmeal or these kind of eggs? Um, what if she doesn't make me breakfast at all? Is she going to change my diaper? You know, the dad always changes my diaper in the morning. What is she going to do this morning? What if she lets me sit in my diaper? So, um, and I don't know if you're... <laughs> if like a baby is sort of like uh, processing that much thought, forethought, but somewhere inherently that is like what they're thinking about, right? That is what that reaction was. Like the, I want daddy, I want daddy, is because something is off and as a result, other things might be thrown off. So think about the routines in your child's life and keep those sacred. If you were the one who always got them in the morning, but now you get to sleep in because you're quote unquote working from home, Still, wake up early and, and be the person who gets them. Um, if it was your wife, then then keep that routine too. Um, or build new routines, but roll them out slowly. So whether that's the morning routine, yeah, so like think about those routines. So you might have a morning routine, you might have an evening routine, right? Um, and then in preschool um, or daycare, they might have their own routine. So as much as you can, try to find out what some of those routines were, like how they wa- how they wash their hands before snack time, or if they read a book before nap time at school, right? Or if uh, there's a song that they sing before a particular activity, or the, at you know at ten o'clock they always went out for a walk, a neighborhood walk, or something like that. As much as possible, keep those routines sacred so that your kid feels 
that their day is predictable, that they feel safe, and that they're comforted by those routines. Cool. Moving, which brings us to tip number two, is have a schedule. So if your kids are home from school, um, create a rough schedule. Like nothing too rigid, but something that mimics the kind of activities they were doing at daycare or preschool or if your kids are a little older, kindergarten or or elementary school, right? Um, So here you don't want to get too rigid. You don't want to have like a minute by minute and these are the exact activities we're going to do and if we don't do these activities, you know, the whole day is thrown off. But just have like a rough idea of what each hour should consist of, right? For example, let's say... um, you know, you have an early riser, six o'clock, seven o'clock is breakfast, and and then, um, you know, you would normally get ready for school from like six to seven or seven to eight or whatever, right? That might have been free play for the kid, like they're wandering around the house, you know, one sock on, they're doing their thing, you're brushing your teeth, right? Um, but because you're not in the 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 sort of like um, the rush to get ready. Um, maybe that's still just free play for them, free time for them, or still get them dressed, right? Get them dressed because it was part of the routine. Don't let them sit in their pajamas all day long, going back to tip one or their sleep sack or something, right? But, you know, change them out of the pajamas, put on their clothes and let them know that their day's about to get started. Eight o'clock, you might have an hour of, you know, reading activities or or something like that or maybe not an hour but maybe at eight o'clock you read them a a short story or or book or two um, or do like a coloring activity or something like that right Um, then at nine o'clock if it's if that's when they would get a morning snack at school then make the morning snack nine o'clock also and if their routine going back to tip one was that they would sing a song before morning snack or that they wash their hands before morning snack or something like that keep that as part of the routine and let them sort of like teach you what the routine is have them explain it to you have them guide you through it and if you're if you have a toddler they probably already are like no this is not how we do it this is how we do it no we don't wash our hands this way this is how we wash our hands right um they'll sort of like show you how things are done too so eight o'clock is a book and a crayon activity or coloring activity nine o'clock is a morning snack activity you know uh, maybe 11 o'clock is like a little bit of TV, 30 minutes of TV here, or maybe even an hour if you're feeling you know, generous or if you have to actually get some work done yourself. But don't have the TV on from 8 to 5, right? 9 to 5. Schedule it. Um, then, you know, schedule nap times and what those routines are before nap times as well. Schedule an outside walk. And if you have that schedule more or less be the same every day, you can preview it with the children um, in the morning as like they're finishing their breakfast, right? Be like, hey guys, today we're going to be doing this, you know, at eight o'clock we have whatever, at nine o'clock we're going to go for a little walk, at 10 o'clock you could watch a little TV, you know, um, preview the day with them so that they know what their day is going to look like. It's It's going to feel predictable and comforting to them and then get their input as well again. Nothing too rigid, but something that's going to help keep your sanity, help keep your child feeling safe and predictable, and also maybe even allow you to get some work done. Which brings us to um, tip number three. Use this time, if you're 
working from home and your children's schools are closed, use this as an opportunity to develop a new skill. For example, you might have a toddler who is approaching potty training age, right? So you might have like a two-year-old at home um, or a two-and-a-half-year-old or a three-year-old um, who still isn't potty trained. Well, guess what? Now you're home. You're stuck. You're indoors for the next for the foreseeable future. I would go ahead and use this time to do something like that. We have a, our youngest is what let's see may april like 22 months right now um which might be a little early for potty training or probably not depending on some of the experts that you ask um we potty trained our older daughter a, a little after two i think it was around christmas break and her birthday's in august so like two and a, like two months and two years and four months or so we potty trained her and we did the Oh crap potty training book, which is like a three day method of literally you're home for three days. Um, your kid doesn't wear any clothes for the first day. You, you know, you follow them around with a potty day two, your kid can wear like, um, pants and a shirt, but no underwear, nothing that mimics a diaper. Um, and then you follow them around all day long too at a potty and you sort of like keep priming them. Um, or, or prompt them to pee, like, it might be time to go to the potty, whatever, right? Um, and then day three, you know, stay home still, maybe go out for a little walk, but, you know, and then you're prompting them constantly. And it worked for us, like, three days, maybe four days max, um, and she was essentially potty trained. So we're thinking right now, like, should this be the time that we potty train our youngest one? Yeah, she's 22 months, she might be a little young, but if you read this book, the potty training, oh crap, potty training. Um, she actually recommends that this is actually the perfect age before they build, you know, like habits um, that are too rigid, right? Um, Two-year-old is great. Three-year-old might be a little too late. Um, again, three-year-old isn't too late. Like if you if you have a three-year-old who still is a potty trained, I'm sure they're going to be fine. But anyway, the point is, tip number three is to use this as an opportunity to develop a new skill. Potty training might be one of those skills. Another thing that we're working on is uh, writing letter uh, is our older daughter writing her letters, right? So the ABCs, um, you know, get the pencils and paper out. And again, don't make it this like a chore, like, all right, kids, sit down. We're going to learn how to write the ABCs. Let's go. Um, but instead, you know, make it like a playful thing as some of her uh, preschool teachers have recommended, right? Like... Um, one tip we got from a preschool teacher was to put shaving cream or some kind of cream on a on a flat surface and let the children's or let it, let our daughter sort of like trace letters into that shaving cream so it's like mixing play and the skill um i'm not sure we have a surface big enough in new york city you know in a, in a new york city apartment to put shaving cream all over the place and let a kid go crazy but the the, the spirit of the suggestion is valid right like make the activity playful and not like a work thing that they're going to come to resent right it's like all right sit down you're not going to get up from this chair until you learn how to write your name but instead like hey i wrote my name in a fun color with my crayon do you want to try writing your name in a fun color with a 
crayon of your choice or a color of your choice, or hey, I've made an outline of your name. Do you want to try connecting the dots? And you can choose whatever color you want. Something like that. Um, so again, like a skill might be potty training. Another skill might be writing the letters. Uh, learning how to ride a bike is a is a great skill right now. If your kid is a little older and you have like the space that's safe distance from other people and it's outdoors, uh, that might be a cool skill. So go ahead and brainstorm a couple of skills that you think would be good for your child that's developmentally appropriate for their age right now that they should probably be learning. Um, cooking a five-course meal, probably a little too advanced. Learning how to ride a bike if they're two, maybe also a little advanced. But potty training if they're two, that feels appropriate. Learning how to write their letters if they're three and stuff, yeah, that feels good. Maybe learning how to read, you know, doing a little some phonics at home or something. If your kid's a little older, five or six or something, I don't even know what the age for that is. Um, that feels appropriate. Learning how to ride a bike if they're, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine or something, yeah, that, that feels good. So... Think of a new skill that you guys can develop while you're home for these next few weeks. All right, tip number four, schedule some time off for you and your spouse. What I mean by that is if your kids are home and both of you are like full-time parenting right now, that's awesome, first of all, and savor this time you're probably not going to experience something like this ever again like a prolonged period at home with your children um which is amazing but you're probably not going to get something like this again but it's also really really exhausting and untenable and not sustainable to be their sole entertainment all day long every day and for you and your spouse to sort of be doing it at the same time is not like a awesome use of both of both of your time, right? It's not like an optimal use of your time. Um, so what I would suggest is schedule some quote unquote time off for you and your spouse by say, um, you know, say you could schedule with your wife like an hour off, like, hey, wife, how about from nine to 10 today, you go into the bedroom and you watch your favorite Bravo show for an hour or two, right? Um, so from 9 to 11, you can go hide in the bedroom. I'm going to be with the kids. We already know what the activities are. I'm going to be teaching them how to color, teaching them how to ride a bike, or we're going to be reading uh, for an hour, and then they're going to watch some you know, TV for a half an hour, and then we're going to you know, do music time for a half an hour. And then when that's done, she comes out of the bedroom, or whatever, and then it's uh, lunchtime, and then you know maybe after lunch, you schedule some time for yourself. From one to three, I have a couple of meetings that I need to take. I also want to get in a quick workout, um, and you know watch a show that I've been trying to watch or something. If you schedule that time with your wife or your spouse now and you make it equitable, right? Like she gets an hour, you get an hour. She gets two hours, you get two hours. Um, it's going to be so much more sustainable in the long run and your partner is going to really appreciate the forethought um, and the sort of ingenuity behind how simple that is. Like, yes, I'm going to go hide in the bedroom and I'm actually going to get some time off and then they're going to be recharged 
to come take care of the children and they're going to have the patience that's necessary to take care of children, right? And likewise, when you leave to recharge, whether that's to work out, to go for a run, you know, watch your show, read a book, whatever, take a, take a meeting, you're going to come back recharged too. You're going to be happy to see your children. You're going to be happy to, when, when they see you and they say, daddy or daddy's back. You're like, hey, I'm back. I'm awesome. It's going to be refreshing, rejuvenating. Uh, so schedule some time off. Also be wise. Like think about like a nap. If your kids are still of napping age, use that time wisely. Like if you're fortunate enough to have like a three and a half year old or almost four year old who's still napping for two hours a day, holy crap, you are so lucky. A two hour nap throughout the day that's amazing. Um, you know, we have, like I, you might have heard before in another episode or somewhere that like my oldest needed to nap in the stroller, right? She was a terrible napper in her crib, but she would nap for two hours, but like in her stroller. So we had to be in constant motion, walk her around and all that stuff. I used to squeeze in workouts during that time, but you know, it's not like I could just park her in her stroller and sit down for two hours. Our old, our younger one, she does nap in her crib, but right now she's going through this weird thing where she only naps for like a half an hour and then wants to be held for another hour while she naps on you. So it's not the most convenient. Uh, so we're working on that. But the point is, if you have a toddler at home who's still napping for two hours or so, use that time wisely. Take a nap for yourself. Cook, clean, do stuff around the house, um, or you know, get the work done that you need to while you're working from home. Um, and if your kids are napping, schedule some of that time off with your spouse. It's going to work wonders, I promise you. And then finally, tip number five, and this is a simple one, is don't forget to get outside. Whether you are in a lockdown or a shelter shelter in like, like San Francisco is or New York City might be, if you have an outdoor space, first of all, Kudos to you. You're so lucky. Um, but again, remember, practicing social distancing doesn't mean that you can't leave your house. It means avoiding crowded areas, avoiding crowds of, uh, you know, 10 or more or people you don't interact with normally. Right. Like if your immediate family is obviously 10 people, then obviously that's fine as long as nobody else is interacting with others. Um, or if you have like an agreement with another family, let's say your next door neighbors like they're not interacting with others, you're not interacting with others, but you sort of like form a pact that like in order for that to be true, you you got like you guys can see each other and spend time with each other, your kids can play with each other, but in order for that to be true, you must both be doing your part to not interact with others so that you're not potentially catching the virus and then spreading it amongst each other. Um so that might be something to think about is to get a form a pact with like a, a next door neighbor or a family or something like that. But again, get outside. The point of uh, social distancing is to avoid crowds and to stay like six feet apart from each other. We went to the park yesterday. We obviously didn't go to the playground where kids can touch things and, uh, you know, and then touch their mouths and stuff. But we went to just an outdoor sort of like playground field. Um, like a baseball stadium, like a baseball diamond, right? And we just ran, danced, used some chalk, um, made some hopscotch outlines, you know, drew some shapes, practiced our family sprints, 
uh, practice some dance routines. And we were just outside for an hour, two hours or so, just getting some fresh air. And again, getting outside works wonders for naps too, right? Your kids, the fresh air sort of like knocks them out. It makes them a little bit more tired. Um, they get to run around back and forth. And <laughs> it's just, it, it, it helps provide some normalcy in their day too. Um, you know, they get to see the sun, experience the wind, things that we take for granted regularly. But now that we're, you know, practicing this indoor stuff, uh, you know, really becomes like so awesome. So, and the weather's about to get a little nicer, right? We're approaching the end of March, early April. Um, it's about to be spring soon. And, you know, God knows this pandemic is going to last for another few weeks. We're looking at eight weeks, maybe 15 weeks, maybe even up to like 18 months in some predictions um, of ups and downs. So who knows? But don't stay in the house. Don't stay in the house. Don't stay in the house. Get outside. All right. So those are my five tips for helping you and your family maintain your sanity or, or how to keep your and your family's sanity during the COVID-19 pandemic. To recap, tip one was keep your routine sacred. So again, morning routines, evening routines, and any other routines for your children throughout the day. Children thrive on routines and predictability. Help keep them feeling safe and secure by having those routines in place. Tip number two was to have a schedule. Um, again, children thrive on schedules too. So have a schedule that sort of like mimics um, what they were doing at school. Or if they weren't in school, have some form of schedule to help keep your sanity um, so you know what you're doing sort of like hour to hour and not making things up as you go. Number three was to use this opportunity to develop a new skill, for example, potty training, bike riding, learning how to write her letters or your, your child's letters and stuff like that, right? Um, any Brushing your teeth, whatever this skill is, your home now, use this as an opportunity to do that. Tip number four was schedule some time off. So if, you, if your child isn't napping for two hours a day, um, there's no reason for both you and your your spouse to be full-time parenting all day. It's not like optimal. So instead, schedule some time off for your wife. Give her an hour or two so she can go work out, watch TV in the bedroom, hide away somewhere. And, and then in turn, you also get like an hour or two to do the same thing, to go get your workout in, to watch some TV or whatever. Um, make it equitable. Don't give her 10 minutes off and you go take five hours. Um or don't let her take five hours off and then you only give yourself 10 minutes off because you're some sort of martyr or something, right? Make it equitable, um, be smart, and you and your spouse are gonna really appreciate that time off. And then finally, tip five is get outside. If you have outdoor space, you're ahead of the curve here. You have a backyard to let the kids run around and you're incredibly fortunate. If you're in a metropolitan area like myself, like in New York City or another big city, um, get outside, keep your safe distances from other people, um, you know, avoid large crowds, but get outside because the fresh air is, is works wonders for children and their nap. So, um, exhaust them a little bit so that they sleep better at night or throughout the day. All right. I hope these tips were helpful and it got some of your creative juices flowing. Um, and if you have other tips and tricks that you think 
would be beneficial for other dads to hear, please send me a, an email at kevin at dadbodwad.net or you could interact with me through direct message on Instagram. I live on Instagram, so if you message me there, I'm going to get it. Um, and I'll share those tips and tricks with you guys um, in the future, either through podcast episode or via Instagram or an email or something like that. Uh, remember, we're in this collective community together, so if you have some tips and tricks, don't keep them to yourself. Let's share the spread the wealth there and uh, let other dudes know what you're doing to help keep your sanity during this time. Again, I hope you found this helpful. Um, if you also want a if you're home and you're at a loss for what to do for workouts and nutrition and stuff like that, you can go ahead and head over to dadbodwad.net and download our free guide, our free ebook, which is which has five tips for fighting the dad bod and 18 bonus workouts that you could do at home with limited time and equipment. I think the first six workouts or so are truly no equipment whatsoever. And then the other 12 workouts are minimal equipment, like maybe a pair of dumbbells or something. Um, so totally, you can basically do those from anywhere. All right. Thanks, guys. You're incredible. I hope you enjoyed that show. And if you haven't already subscribed, please do so, because next week we have another amazing guest. We have Tal Short, who's the senior product manager over at Reebok. He's the one who designs the footwear, all of the training footwear from the, the, the Reebok Nano. If you're into CrossFit, you absolutely know what the Reebok Nano is. Two other training shoes like the, the lifter shoe, the, the legacy lifter, high-intensity trainer shoes, um, all of that. He's going to discuss his tips and tricks to, for how he stays fit as a busy dad, how he's a, you know, a wear tester for some of this stuff, and you know what motivates him to be a great father um, for his family all right and would you do me a favor please would you go ahead and leave this podcast a five-star review your reviews help other dads like you find this amazing community that you're all helping to build all right guys until next time hope you guys are getting after it and fight the dad bod